Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investment Podcast with me, your host, Frank Flegg. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the first stage of building a property portfolio. And I think it's the stage that is most often missed out. So let me talk to you about the four stages that property investing basically falls into. Well, I'll work backwards, right? I'll work backwards. So the fourth stage is monetization. That is getting the property to pay you money, whether it's a single AST, whether it's a holiday let, a commercial lease, a HMO makes no odds. Monetization is obviously the end goal of buying property. So that's the first thing to bear in mind. So that's the fourth stage of property investing. And and it, of course, also covers managing a letting agent, managing agents, if you have a holiday let, etc. The third stage is buying your property. And you might think, well, that's quite easy. You know, I've got a solicitor to do that. I've got a mortgage broker, but there's loads to it. How are you going to finance it? What mortgages are you going to use? Which lawyers are going to represent you? Who's going to represent the vendor, et cetera, et cetera. So buying the property is a skill in and of itself. And the better the deals you are doing, so the more profitable they are, the better you need to be at solving the vendor's problems, which generally involves buying their properties quite swiftly or in a sophisticated manner. So monetization, stage four, or monetizing, if you want to keep the ings consistent. And then you have buying, stage three. Stage two is finding. So finding the properties, whether you're going to source them on right move, auction, modern auction, whether you're going to go direct to vendor, newspaper, leaflet, strategic alliance, et cetera, et cetera, referral. And then the first stage is planning. And it's the least sexy, it's the boringest stage that we have. But it's so important because I was sat with a novice investor recently, accidental landlord, bought a property, then bought her second home and kept the first one as a buy-to-let and now has significant funds and wants to invest in some more property. But other than I want to put my money in property because it's shrinking against inflation, there was no logic behind it whatsoever. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say it was intelligent emotion because at an emotive level, she recognized that she wasn't getting great returns on her money right now. In fact, it was shrinking. But there was no thought to where am I going to invest? What am I going to buy? Why am I buying it? What are my property goals, etc.? And without any forethought, it's really easy to then jump on Rightmove and go, well, that's a good property and that's a good property and I've got this much money, so I'll fill my basket with that. It's almost like a supermarket dash if you're not careful. But it absolutely should not be a hurry buying property and building a portfolio. You have to, I think it's Jim Rohn says, you know, sharpen your saw and then you cut. Well, he doesn't say it anymore, he's passed, but he used to say, sharpen your saw and then the work becomes much easier, much, much quicker because you've taken the time preparing and planning. And that's what you need to do here. You need to sit down and look at what do you have? 
how much time do you have available? How much money do you have available? How knowledgeable are you about property? Because if you look at those three resources, the combination of those three basically delineate where you are right now, where you are starting your journey from. And once you know where you're at, and it doesn't matter if you've got 50 properties or five properties, or you've got 50 grand or five grand in the bank and have yet to buy your first property, it really doesn't matter. But you have to objectively know where you're at. And perhaps you give yourself a score out of 10 for each of those. So if you've got tons of knowledge, then maybe you're an eight or a nine. If you've got 20 hours a week available to you, then maybe you're a seven out of 10. And if you've got 50,000 pounds in the bank, then maybe you're a three out of 10, or if you've got half a million quid in the bank, maybe you're a seven out of 10. It's quite subjective, but just giving yourself a score out of 10 will help you to identify where your starting point is. And then you need to sit down and think, well, what are my goals? What do I want to achieve from property? Because just buying property, well, it's really expensive. It's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to tie up a load of money. Yes, it's a phenomenal return. And I talk to my clients about getting a 50 to 100% return per annum cash on cash from their property investments that's easily achievable and if you get into the more sophisticated deals then you know if you don't put any money into a deal it's an infinite return if you get your money back within three months it's a 400 percent return so it depends on the individual and the resource that you have at the start but you have to decide what do you want so do you want cash flow primarily from your portfolio or are you happy for you just to put money and time into it for the next 10 years and know that it's going to build an amazing asset base that's going to then pay your retirement forever more people have very different goals so you have to decide on the goals and and the goals that you have have to be based in reality you can earn 100 150 200, 250 pounds a month quite easily from a single buy to let in the UK if you invest in a sensible area for cash flow. And that number will just go up and up over time. So that might tick your cash flow goals depending on how much money you've got to put into the properties, how many properties you're willing to buy, and the time you have available over which to build that cash flow. But it's it's a bit unrealistic to say, well, I want £10,000 from property in the next 12 months and I'm only going to buy single ASTs. I've got £100,000 in the bank. Because even if you're full time on that, you can't possibly get ten grand a month from single ASTs with £100,000 in the bank. You, you just need to buy too many properties. Let, let's go at the upper end and say it's £250 per property per month positive cash flow well to achieve ten thousand pounds a month that's 40 properties and they're not all going to do 250 so let's call it 60 properties to be a bit more realistic 60 properties in 12 months from a standing start that's more than one a week that's a really really tall order whereas someone's saying do you know what for the for the next year i'd like to buy six properties and i'd like them to net me a thousand pounds or 1200 pounds and i've got 20000 pounds to put into each one so i've got 120000 pounds and i've got 10 hours a week within which to um focus on my portfolio and find buy and monetize those properties well that's imminently possible and quite easy to achieve so setting your goals are really important and making sure they're realistic goals not snake oil mickey mouse goals that you've heard on youtube or <laughs> dare i say it, a podcast 
from someone who's trying to flog you a course. It has to be based in reality. And so you might be thinking, yeah, but I'm going to do a HMO. Great. Yes, you can earn a lot more from a HMO, probably four times as much as a single AST, but A, they're harder to find. B, they are a lot more work to manage. So you're probably going to spend four times the effort on them and time. They're far harder to leverage because they're more complex to manage. So you're going to struggle to get a good letting agent to manage your HMOs. And similarly, your service accommodation. Hard to leverage your management of service accommodation because there's so many moving parts and it's so complex. But you absolutely can get more cash flow. So perhaps, and of course, they're they're likely to cost you more money as well to buy. But if you've got the money and you've got the time and the expertise, you could absolutely hit £10,000 a month in leveraged income. Note, it's not passive, but leveraged income from property. That's absolutely achievable (laughs) with the caveat that you've got the money and the time to do so. And that is absolutely critical. You have to decide what you want. And I've given you two scenarios there, one where someone wants cash flow and one where someone wants capital growth. And of course, the cash flow goal will have some capital growth and the capital growth goal will have some cash flow. But you need to know what's most important for you. And once you know what's most important and that your goals are realistic, then you can start narrowing down where in the country you're going to invest. And we have a system for doing that. And I'm not going to spend, you know, an hour explaining the system on here. But you need to be looking at purchase prices. And you need to look at rental returns or monetization in that area. And with a very simple spreadsheet, you can then start to work out good areas to reach your goals. There's no good area for property in the UK and there's no bad areas for property in the UK. There are just different areas that suit different investment processes, different investment strategies. And so I might invest in an area and it'd be brilliant for me. And you might look at that area and go, well, that's rubbish. Why does Frank invest there? That doesn't make any sense for me. And we would both be right. And similarly, your gold mine area, as I call it, is going to perhaps not suit me one bit. And the biggest mistake that people make is they they look at their local area and they think, well, I, I want my properties on my doorstep so I can go around if there's a problem. Quite frankly, I haven't picked up a screwdriver in years. I'm not going to go mow the lawn. I'm not going to go and fix a leaking roof. I'm rubbish at DIY. So I can get a plumber anywhere in the country to go and take a video of a maintenance issue. I can have a tenant anywhere in the country do a WhatsApp video call and show me the bits of the the property that have issues. I can check trusted trader. I can get referrals from letting agents and other tradesmen. I don't have to go to the property. In fact, the less interaction I have with the property and the tenant, the better for me because that is better leverage for me and I'm going to be able to do more properties, I'm going to make more money, etc, etc. Buying on your doorstep, in my opinion, is highly likely to be a poor investment decision. It's an emotive decision, not a logical one. So once you've looked at the numbers and you've decided on your area, then you can look at the types of properties that you want to invest in. And you can see how this ties back to your goals now. So if you are wanting high leverage because you haven't got much time, you want a letting agent to look after your properties and you want minimal input with that letting agent, you just want to, you always have to manage a letting agent, by the way. I probably speak to my letting agents once a week and 
probably spend currently four hours a month. We're putting up a lot of rents at the moment because inflation's so high. We're refinancing quite a lot. So there's a bit of interaction between mortgage brokers and letting agents to confirm tenant situations, etc., etc. So you will need to manage your letting agents. But if they are managing single ASTs, they are a lot easier to manage your letting agents going to need a lot less support from you and and oversight from you if on the other hand you are in an expensive part of the country or an expensive part of town or the city and you're running white collar hmos then that's going to be a very different type of property you're looking for it's going to be a very different size very different quality of property and is going to require more capital to buy so you need to understand very clearly what you're looking for if you're just looking for a deal and you're on right move well you could be on right move for the next six months and not find a deal because you don't really know what a deal looks like for you i pay above market value on some properties because i know what a deal is for me I know that it's worth paying above market value in order to make money out of a a property. In some instances, I am happy to buy any property so long as the purchase price is low enough because that makes it a deal for me. I know that my buying criteria is no money down or no money left in after 12 months and cash flow positive. So long as I hit those two goals, I don't care if I buy above market value below market value. Below market value is obviously a bonus because it gives me more options and more equity and more net worth. But it doesn't matter because time will build equity into any property that's cash flow positive. So I'm crystal clear on what I'm buying, but it's really important you get crystal clear on what you're buying. And then once you know the part of the country you're investing in, the part of town you're investing in or part of the city, the type of property you're wanting, now you can get laser focused with your marketing. And if you think about this for a minute, if you put adverts on the internet, let's say you went to Google and you opened an ad account and you did pay-per-click and you put in, do you want to sell your four-bedroom property in ABC Street or in the Clifton area? Let me pick a part of the country that I know actually exists. In the Clifton area of Bristol. If so, I'd love to speak to you. I'm a cash buyer. Here's my personal mobile number, for example. And that was your Google ad. And you were looking for that size property in that area. Now, you can target that marketing to just that postcode in Bristol using Google ads. Lots of people that don't want to sell are not going to click on your ad. But if someone has a four bedroom property in that area of Bristol and they see that ad because only people in that area of Bristol are going to see the ad, they're highly likely to click on it. Especially if you say, I'll give you an instant price over the phone when you call. Compare that with putting an advert out across the whole of the UK saying, I'm looking for a deal. If you have a property that is either below market value or has very high cash flow, please get in touch. I'd love to buy it. That advert is going to cost you a fortune because not many people are going to click it because it's not specific. It doesn't speak to them. And therein lies the rub with marketing for anything. But marketing for your perfect property in your goldmine area becomes easy when you are specific. 
because that specificity will give you a really clear target market that you can speak to. I'm not saying you should do Google ads. I'm not saying you should do leaflets or or newspaper adverts. However, if you were wanting to market in the Clifton area of Bristol, what a golden opportunity to put your adverts on bus shelter billboards in the local post office, in the local news agents, on the town notice boards, etc., which you can't do it across the entire country unless you've got a multi-million pound budget. But you could even do back of a bus advertising on the bus routes that go around your target area. You could pay someone to drive around with a trailer billboard. You could sign right a couple of taxis that operate out of that area. Now it becomes really easy. You could pay a pizza delivery company to put a leaflet in every one of their pizza leaflets when they deliver, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, indefinitely. Now, when you walk into an estate agent, you're not saying, what have you got that's cheap that makes you sound like every other investor they've spoken to that day, that week, and that month. Now you're saying, I'm interested in four bedroom properties on these streets. They have to have two bedrooms and an ensuite downstairs or a WC downstairs and they must be three stories. Because I'm gonna turn them into HMOs, here's one I've done here, here's one I've done here, now I'm looking to do six more in the next year. How many have you got in your books? Now, when they have a four bedroom on that street, they're going to think of you. They know that you know what you're doing and they know you're serious. And then finding the properties becomes easy. Now you can do a right move alert for those properties in that area. So you're going to find out about them first. If the day they list a property that meets your criteria, you phone them and say, I notice you've put 123 ABC Street on today. That is exactly what I was talking about three weeks ago when I popped in to see you and that we discussed last week when I bought you some donuts. That's the donut strategy, by the way, for marketing. That's exactly what I'm after. How quickly can you and I pop around there to take a look at it? What's the vendor situation? How keen are they to sell? Would you like me to pop across my proof of funds? I know I brought it in with me when we uh, met last week, but would you like me to pop it across an email so you can tell the vendor you've got a qualified buyer ready to go on it within 24 hours? Do you see how it becomes easier when you know what you want? When you know what you want, you can communicate to others what you want, and then they can give you and find you what you want, and it becomes easier and easier. And then the finding is easier, so that's the planning. Then the finding becomes easier, and then the buying becomes easier, And then the monetization becomes easier because you're good at what you're doing, because you are specific, because you have a niche. Your workmen know what standard you like the work's doing to. Your workmen are local to your properties, so you can build great relationships with them and get really good prices. Your letting agents, if you use them, are familiar with your properties and your type of properties and will bring you more when landlords that they manage the properties for are thinking of selling because they know that they're going to keep your business if you buy the property from them. Your mortgage brokers know how you buy properties. I phoned up a bridging company yesterday. We've got about a 10-day window to buy a large property that coincidentally we're turning into HMO because we've just repaid our bridge on the 26 apartments from uh, last year. They were falling over themselves to lend. Oh, it's only, I think we're borrowing 200 and something uh, K, maybe just under a quarter of a million. Oh, it's only 250 K, no problem at all, Frank, yet. Is it the same company structure as before? Great. Are you using the same lawyers before? We really like you working with those lawyers, Frank. I'll get a valuation done ASAP. Can you pop the details over? Yeah, there won't be a problem with a 10-day window on that. That's because they know us. They know what we're about. They know what we buy. They know we know our stuff. And so... 
my strong encouragement to you guys is if you don't have a 12-month investment plan for your property buying, plan in some time in the next seven days before you listen to your next Sophisticated Property Investment podcast and sit down for a couple of hours and map it out. All of those steps of the planning process that I've talked about today. Where are you at? What resources do you have? Where do you want to get to? What are your priorities? Where in the country are you going to be able to hit those goals given where you're at? What kind of properties do you want to invest in? And a bit of emotion can creep in there. I don't like the idea of doing that, but I really would enjoy owning some of those. That's okay. That can be part of your goals. We don't all do stuff just on logic. Happiness is the reason we make all this money, but you have to write it out. You have to map it out. And once you've done that, then you're going to find building your portfolio much, much easier much more profitable and you won't have wobbles. You won't have that, oh, am I doing the right thing? Oh, is this too expensive? Maybe I shouldn't buy this property. Maybe I should. When you see what meets your criteria, you're going to buy it. And when you see stuff that you'd um and ah over ordinarily, but it doesn't meet your criteria, you're just going to say, no, that's for someone else. That will fit someone else's portfolio, but not mine. And you can move on and invest your time in the deals that suit you. Guys, I hope this has been a challenging podcast for you. I hope it spurred you to sit down on your own with your business partner, with your spouse to plan out how you're going to build your wealth free property. Until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.